Hello and welcome to episode 15 of Baki Taki. We've got a good episode today. We've got more Mr. Oliver than uh, really I can handle. Uh, and to help me walk through all of this, we've got a special guest. I can't keep saying a special guest. If every guest is a special guest, then there, none of them are special guests. But not to take away from my guest today, Ryan. Hey, Steve. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, Baki Taki crew. <laughs> I'm glad that you're bringing that back. Allie will be quite happy to hear the Baki Taki crew is uh, getting some reps. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> well, it's got to start somewhere. Exactly. So uh, as you might have uh, pointed out, so you are somebody who has actually listened to every episode of the podcast? As of recording, yeah. So that is 13. Uh, I believe you're going to be posting number 14 this uh, Sunday. Um, and that is all I have been exposed to Baki is just through your recaps and your guest reactions. So it's been really interesting seeing how the show has played out in my mind and then to come in 15 episodes later and actually put a face to some of these characters uh, oh. and experience it for myself was, was really something. I, I, I can't wait to get your thoughts. Um, so yeah, so that sort of answers the first question I always ask, or the second question. Uh, so to rewind a bit, uh, Ryan, other than Baki, what shows are you currently watching? Yeah, so I am currently on a bit of a Star Wars binge. Uh, just got Disney Plus like a month ago. And, uh, you know, after watching Obi-Wan, I decided, you know, I should probably catch up on some other programming. Uh, watched Mandalorian for the first time. Phenomenal. Like, absolutely incredible. Uh, Boba Fett as well. And then I even watched some of the uh, animated uh, Star Wars stuff. So, like, you know, Rebels, The Bad Batch. Uh, and that's really been my, my focus outside of an episode of Seinfeld here and there. Seinfeld is basically Star Wars, or Star Wars, I guess, is the Seinfeld of space. When you boil it down, they're both sort of about nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. So let's dive into this episode, because a lot happens. And man, I, I, I'm just sort of realizing this whole season, at least so far, has just been Mr. Oliver's arc. So at the end of the last episode, uh, Mr. Oliver punched Sikorsky uh, so hard that he flew out of a building, much like the end of episode 13, but this time it was Sikorsky who flew out the window. And we get a nice little interaction between Oliver, uh, Sonata, and Baki. Uh, Ryan, do you want to sort of walk me through this uh, conversation? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so first thing I noticed uh, was that Sikorsky is naked. And I had the exact same thought. Uh, I think it was two episodes back. The guy who pumped Mr. Oliver full of shotgun pellets. Oh, Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> that's right. So Jeff met a similar fate. That's instantly what I was thinking. I actually had to stop the episode to make sure I was watching the right one. Uh, but I guess they just uh, reused that scene. Uh, but Sikorsky, totally naked. And, you know, of course, I'm thinking to myself, why is this guy naked? And uh, I felt really great not being the only one to think that because immediately after landing on the ground uh, and, you know, Sonata, Sikorsky, and Baki are just, you know, hanging out on the pavement, you have one of the background characters saying, Why is he naked? But to go into, like, the meat of it, Mr. Oliver presents Sikorsky to Sonata. says, yep, he survived that fall. Here he is, one criminal down, three to go. Uh, the other three, or the other two being Doyle and remind me of the other person. Ryuko Yanagi. Ah, uh, Yanagi. Okay. 
So Yanagi the poisoner. Oh, he's the poisoner. Okay. 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 So uh, yeah, I was forgetting what everyone's uh, gimmick gimmicks were. But yeah. yeah. So anyways, uh, basically hands over Sikorsky to Sonata. Sonata tells him, yeah, we'll be in touch uh, with uh, with more information. And he says, you know, dude, why, why even bother? Just go home, relax, take a beer. I'll take care of it. At that point, he turns to Baki and they have uh, quite the quite the interaction did you did you catch when he was talking to sonata he did he literally did like a little finger wag at him like uh-uh you, you guys don't you guys can stay at home i got this come on there's no need to play the hero here you and your top men can just sit back relax have a beer and wait for my call i i didn't catch that but uh <laughs> doesn't throw me off yeah so so Baki and Oliver in the last episode, um, they actually both were beating up Sikorsky. And so Baki starts asking Oliver basically like, I've never seen a martial arts style like yours before. And I don't think Oliver explicitly says this, but the, the thing is Oliver doesn't have a martial arts style. He's just a big mm. guy. Um, and he's really strong. Uh, and we'll see more of this in the judo scenes later. But it, it leads to a great scene where um, Oliver describes his advantage as basically uh, coming from the power of love. And he gives Baki a really big hug. And I've never seen a style of martial arts like that before. It's like what? A lot of protein to get your body to bulk up? You know as well as I. <sighs> there is nothing in this world that could make a man stronger than the power of love. Yes, that was... Uh very noteworthy i took down the whole quote so after baki just admires uh, oliver's physique you know they do a, a pan up from just above the crotch up to the abs to his chest and, and baki says with admiration he's, he's even got sweat coming down the side of his face he says you're really strong never seen him uh martial arts style like that so what do you do just like drink a lot of protein to bulk up and then oliver says oh man you know as well as I, there's nothing in this world that can make a man stronger than the power of love. That's my best Oliver impersonation. And the hug really sealed it. I was like, all right, we're off to a great start. Yeah. And the funniest thing is, like, this is not an offhanded comment. Like, this is a core part of Oliver's character. And honestly, it's a big part of Baki's character arc this season is learning to harness the power of love. So <laughs> we, we aren't going to touch too much on that in that episode, but... Um, Keep an eye on uh, Baki this season uh, before he gets poisoned. Then it's then it's <laughs> a lot less inspiring. But oh, yeah, what one guess on who poisons him? By the way, <laughs> not me there. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, so the first scene pretty pretty basic, um, and we're left with um, Oliver going back to the police station. Uh, you know, he's now very quickly got two of the death row inmates he was looking for. Um, or actually just one. Yeah, just Sikorsky. Um, mm -hmm. So he has two left, Doyle and Yunagi. And so he's on his little computer. He's got an office at the Tor or Toronto, at the Tokyo Metro Police Building. Uh, and then a very tall policewoman comes in to give him a cup of coffee. Come on in. Sorry to disturb you. I brought you some coffee. Um, how would how would you describe this policewoman, uh, Ryan? Well, I gotta say, Steve. First time I saw her, I was really happy that you know musculature was not limited to the male characters. 
she was quite intimidating. And she comes in, drops off the coffee, you know, says to Oliver, uh, which, by the way, Steve, do listeners know Oliver's first name or do we just refer to him as Mr. Oliver? Ah, we talked about this in the episode that hasn't aired yet. Uh, but yes, Biscuit Oliver uh, is his full <laughs> name. I love that. I And I only caught it because I actually read the uh, Netflix description before the episode. Um, but anyways, Biscuit's just, uh, <laughs> he's just hanging out. He takes a sip and his eyes just go wild and he's like, Is this Blue Mountain? As if it's supposed to mean something. I don't know. Maybe it's just... I looked it up. It's a real type of coffee. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Oh, nice. Awesome. But yeah, he uh, takes a sip, and he goes back to looking at the screen, and, and, you know, this woman comments, uh, whoa, who's that man? He's really scary. And, of course, he's looking at a picture of Doyle. And I got to say, Doyle is much prettier than I thought he would be. Very, very angular face, very clearly Asian, if not Japanese, but the red hair to prove that he's Irish. He, he's um, the looker of the group. Oh, really? I, I don't know. I wouldn't say anyone else. <laughs> Definitely looks nicer than uh, Speck. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> what, 76 years old? Whatever he ended up being? 97. <laughs> oh, my God. That's crazy. Anyways, uh, the identity comment, I think, is actually rather apt because, uh, you know, after she makes that comment and Oliver, you know, kind of acknowledges it, acknowledges it and says, yeah, I know he could be anywhere right now. Instantly you hear a, a slightly deeper voice saying, maybe even right behind you. And lo and behold, surprise, the woman was actually Doyle in uh, disguise. I love the fact that like for a minute you were like, finally a muscular woman on this show. Cause it was... <laughs> It's really like an immediate tell that it's like a man dressed as a woman. If you're, if you're familiar with it, to be honest, Steve, it it did not that did not click for me immediately. So yeah, so Doyle has snuck into the police department uh, because remember the the end goal for all these guys is they want to taste defeat. So uh, Mister Unchained mm-hmm. is a perfect target for that. So Doyle snuck in, and this is his master plan. So he wants to poison um, Oliver to weaken him so that he can, you know, more easily beat him in a fight. Uh, mm. Now, I'm sure what you're all thinking is, oh, he poisoned the coffee that Mr. Oliver just drank. But no, for, <laughs> he didn't poison the coffee. Instead, after taking off his wig and revealing that it was him all along, he uses his knife elbow to slash Oliver's face, poisoning him. Uh, directly i thought that was overkill and also just inefficient what what, what did you think i gotta say what stuck out to me the most is you know when i first saw that initial swipe i thought okay he just got a an elbow to the face it's then when oliver is standing a few feet back and (laughs) this scar just suddenly appears on his face and blood starts gushing out it's kind of like that uh (laughs) that classic anime trope where you know the sword comes out super fast and then the other person just like they think ha he missed me but a second later his body starts to like cut in half i kind of got that vibe from it but yeah much easier to poison the cup of coffee i would think yeah and like i think you could control the dosage more because clearly he didn't use enough poison (laughs) but also i should be clear i keep saying poison it's a hallucinatory drug that he's trying to use not technically Mm. a poison 
he, he has a huge gashing wound on his face, but um, it, it stops bleeding because in, in his own words, the adrenaline's pumping. How'd you manage to stop the bleeding already? <laughs> it's the adrenaline flooding into my system. But then he, yeah. pre he proceeds to lock the door, very like Rorschach, like you're locked in here with me type of scenario, and then oh, yeah. say, It's been a long ass time. It's rare that I come across anyone brave enough to face me man to man. Well, I mean, you're dressed up like a woman, but you know what I'm getting at. <laughs> of course, that, then he finds out he's been drugged, falls over, gets kicked in the face a few times. You know, it, Oliver... Oliver is... is I, I think it's fair to say that he is the strongest fighter we've seen actually fight on this show. Um, he's one of the strongest mm -hmm. fighters in the show. Uh, the only character, I think, who's actually stronger than him at this point that we've even met is Yujiro, who has done nothing in 15 episodes. Um, Didn't he kick a cigarette or something? He did kick a cigarette, yes. But I'm not going to scale that into... <laughs> <laughs> not gonna scale the cigarette uh, compared to other fighters fair um, enough, fair enough. but i was i was gonna say the problem with oliver is he fights like a complete idiot like he always gets punched in the face multiple times he always gets like thrown on his back and in this fight he i think he loses a bucket worth of blood um oh yeah but the the, the problem is then Two seconds later, he just chuckles, stands up, and then just goes, Thanks, Doyle. That kick was a nice wake-up call. Editor Steve here. Sorry just in general for these clips. The background music in them is so loud. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Oh, well now, um, now let's really fight. <laughs> yeah, essentially, but you, you kind of hit, uh, you hit on a good point there. This whole fight up to this point really felt like a like a turn-based fighting game uh you know like one person stands there takes the punishment then the next moment they're the ones dishing the punishment all the while blood's being splattered across this uh data processing room or his office uh, at the police hq and i gotta ask myself like you know is this just is this part of the appeal of the show just seeing this punishment being dealt because i thought Okay, seeing someone get beat up is, is yeah, I guess it could be, like, satisfying if you want to, like, drive home a point that one person's stronger. But the other person's just sitting there taking it. Like, I don't know, man. It's, uh, I, I expected to, for a show to be totally focused on fighting, there to be a little more effort in the choreography. I think the appeal of the show is uh, Doyle's sweet uh, leopard thong that he's wearing. Um, I'm glad you pointed that out too, because he went all out with that, uh, <laughs> with that, uh, with that disguise. Don't beat yourself up. You're not the first man unable to tie me down. And you know, you really get to see it when the tide turns in the battle, and Oliver starts grabs him by the ankle and starts hurling him around the room with one hand. Doyle even marvels at this. And as he's flying every which way direction, you got a nice couple good shots of uh, of the leopard print uh, panties, which uh, I mean, you know, a for effort. Well, I, I, I think it was I think it was like a speedo, you know. I I, I think it was like um, a, a more unisex underwear that he was wearing. Oh yeah, perhaps, perhaps. 
just to, just to give my two cents there. Um, but I, I did want to cir- circle back to your point. I, I do. The thing is, I think that to have a fight where the where it's more like give and take and that type of stuff it like Baki is really a game of rock paper scissors like it's it's always you do something and it's either it either is better than your opponent or it's worse than your opponent like do you punch somebody uh is your punch a suit like a third degree black belt punch that you've trained your entire life then that'll hit but if your punch is just a regular punch and the other guy has rubbed salt over his skin for the last few weeks, then that won't work. And I, I, I think that, um, yes, it makes sense for a show that's all about fighting to have more dynamic fights. But I don't think that that is the style that Bach is about. It's it's a thought experiment at its core. You know, it wants to tell you what if you do X and your opponent is Y, what will happen? OK, OK, that makes it a little more uh palatable i'll say <laughs> seeing the the cause and effect being such a central part of it i'll give yeah. you that but um yes i did i did really enjoy oliver's move where he lifts up doyle and swings him around um i've been re-listening to some of my episodes lately and i've realized i've said uh, i've used the phrase like the hulk would do probably like eight times um, but i would say <laughs> that this move is literally what the hulk does to loki and the avengers where he just picks him up by his leg and throws him around the room so this fight uh, at this point doyle's basically lost um it, it goes a bit back and forth where like some people knock on the door oliver makes them leave uh doyle's on or oliver picks doyle up uh, cuts his hands on razor blades that was inside his collar. Man, you look terrible. Huh? A razor in his collar? There are razors in the collar. For probably the eighth time this season. Um, and then uh, gets stabbed in the gut, but all of his muscles are too strong. <laughs> like a five-inch blade to pierce his uh, vital organs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... That's, it's... Uh... It's honestly like a crocodile Dundee knife, which he later describes as like, It'd take a lot more than a dinky little knife like this to get anywhere near my vital organs. Yeah, I guess I thought it was just five inches because it's probably a pretty intimidating knife in the hands of a giant. So, uh, yeah, you bring up a very good point there. Um, actually, if, if you don't mind, I, I just want to like rewind a bit because sure. um, during this back and forth, there's one part where... You know, Oliver just takes Doyle and slams him into the ground so hard that throughout the police HQ and actually out onto the street, uh, there's these like reverberations, right? And people are like, oh, yeah. wow, that was loud. Is, is that an earthquake? What was that? An earthquake? I don't know. Uh, and, and as you said, that's what triggers the, uh, you know, police officers the police to, to come check by and knock on the door. Yeah, it's like, uh, everything okay in there? It's like, oh, yeah, sorry, just knocked down a chair. How clumsy of me. And and uh, to my surprise, one of them was like, yeah, I don't buy it. But instead of risk going in and checking it out, they just say, all right, uh, well, if you, if you need any help, we're around. And uh, at this point, Oliver turns back to Doyle, who's I, basically the, the breath has been knocked out of him. Uh, he's on the ground, and he actually references something that Doyle said prior to the start of the fight. And Doyle, when he caught him off guard at the, the beginning, he said, tell me, 
if I'm in a police station, does that mean that I'm in custody? And at this point, when Oliver's staring him down, he says, you know, you made a comment earlier about being in a police station. And uh, he flipped it around on him. He said, now that the policemen are no longer around, would you say that means that you'll be saved or not? And I got to be honest with you. This was single-handedly the most badass line of the show. I genuinely enjoyed it. I really did. Yeah. No, I thought that was pretty sweet. I think Oliver is a, a good guy to give badass lines to. I, I enjoyed the fact that when, when he literally shook the building in resounding area, I like the idea of like the the Japanese Geological Society like phoning the police and being like, oh, we just picked <laughs> up something on the Richter scale. What was it? And like, oh, a chair fell down. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's 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 a good line by Oliver, and it, it really shows that he's just on another tier than these um, death row inmates. Uh, oh, 100%. He's, he's the freest man alive. The fun thing that happens next, so after this whole scene ends, we, we, we cut forward to um, uh, Sonata and uh, Goki Shibukawa, who we haven't seen in a few episodes, the uh, judo and aiki master, uh, who apparently teaches the police judo. Uh, so he's just chilling out in the uh, police station. Uh, and so Mr. Sonata and uh, Shib- Goki Shibukawa uh, decide to pay a visit to Mr. Oliver. Um, when they get there, of course, Doyle has snuck out a ventilation shaft. And the room is just covered in blood everywhere. So obviously Sonata is a bit like, what just happened here? Uh, Ryan, what did just happen there? Oh, man. Immediately, Oliver just looks at Sonata straight in the eye and says, I'll tell you, but first I got a question. It's like a bloodbath in here. So what happened? Uh, first, I got a question for you. What the hell kind of vicious training program are your police women getting here? And they're like, huh? He says, yeah, yeah. All I did was, you know, flirt with her a little, told her I liked her smile. All I did was flirt a little, told her I liked her smile then said, come on, give me your number. And for that, I got punched, kicked, slashed, and stabbed in the gut. Next thing I know, she's hacking and slashing me. I got stabbed? You got stabbed? (laughs) Yeah, here. (laughs) Lifts up his shirt. And, uh... And and, and so I was just like, so this all happened, and she escaped through a ventilation shaft. He's like, you are a good detective. Man, you really are an amazing detective. And oh, I gotta be honest, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is great. This is more of the Baki that I was expecting because, you know, instead of just going right out and saying, hey, Doyle came to me, fought Doyle, and, you know, made it pretty clear cut. Not like he's trying to hide anything. I mean, he, he literally just finished taking down uh, one of the three criminals he was brought in to subdue. Instead of saying that, he kind of plays into the whole scenario and says, oh, yeah, one of your police women just really gave me a run for my money. And you, you, uh, that's left like that. I, I, I think the thing is, it ties into his earlier line where he was basically saying, like, leave this to me, which is the correct assumption, because the entire police department would be murdered if they fought Doyle in a fight. Um, oh, that's but, a good point. But good him point. just him just being like, oh, who knows? I, I fought a police woman. Doyle hasn't been here. Like, that's... 
I, I honestly think he, he's using the police department because he has a nice office there and wants nothing else to do with them. Data processing room number two, Steve. Yeah, is, uh... <laughs> they, gave him, they didn't even give him data processing room number one. Poor guy. <laughs> no, that's for the vicious police women. So uh, we get a really fun interaction here where uh, Mr. Oliver, as we know, a very well-read man, um, actually knows about Goki Shibukawa and asks him to uh, demonstrate his Aiki. So Shibuka, we've talked about before, is the guy who can throw anybody. Um, and he's very much about the idea of, you know, the, we've all heard of, like, the, the little guy who knows martial arts and is able to defeat the big guy, like the David and Goliath. And that's, that's uh, Shibukawa to a T. Like, he's probably five foot one, um, And also, like, probably 65. He, he doesn't look nearly as threatening as uh, 90% of the cast of Boggy, especially next to Mr. Oliver. So Mr. Oliver goes for the handshake and then does the asshole move of just squeezing his hand as hard as he can. And then uh, Shibukawa, using the martial art I would call magic, um, <laughs> he manages, yeah, that's to, <laughs> manages to... Uh, reverse the move and just make Oliver start uh, screaming out in pain because of uh, just how good leverage he has? I, I don't know. Yeah, I found that to be uh, quite the display. Because, like, I'm trying to picture what what where did that come from? What, how does that make sense at all? And seeing this David completely turn it around on Goliath uh magic really is the only way that i could think of i mean you know it, it's just in the simplest way possible they quickly showed that chibakawa is not to be messed with he is a master for good reason honestly um, it, it, it's making me realize the bible would be so much better if instead of like using a slingshot david just like shook hands with goliath and like subdued <laughs> him that way that'd be that would be rad <laughs> Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Seeing the film adaptations too. The film adaptation uh... of the Bible. <laughs> yeah, you haven't. Uh... The BCU, Honestly, the though, biblical would... cinematic universe. <laughs> I mean, you really could. That thing is—it's uh, quite the read. Um, but like, I, I, again, I want to point out something that really caught my attention and, and, and made me chuckle. So one thing I've noticed with Oliver in this episode is how his face lights up whenever he's given the opportunity for a challenge. And while it's not said that he seeks what these, you know, uh, death row convicts are seeking, and that is to taste defeat, he really does revel at a challenge. And I know we'll talk about this in a little bit in the judo scene, but like when he meets uh, Shibukawa and he extends his arm and says, it's an honor to meet you. Uh, or actually, even before that, when he insinuates that he'd like to challenge uh, Mr. Shibakawa, his eyes just like they're like a kid who's uh, who's about to get like some candy, or I almost imagine it's like a heroin junkie who's who's shooting up. Like you know, his he, pupils get really really dilated. He's very expressive, and I do love him for that. Like in in a show where there's so many uh, gruff, cool guys, it's it's fun to have somebody who like really shows his happiness and shows his emotion yeah yeah he's he, he you're right he is very expressive and uh sonata says something that i think is just hilarious 
um, you know, when 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 uh, Shibukawa entertains this thought of challenging him, <laughs> Sonata looks like, "Oh, look, Master, I I don't doubt your skills at all, but." But while Oliver may appear obese, I assure you everything you see is 100% pure muscle. All... While Oliver may appear obese, I can assure you that 100% <laughs> of what you see is pure muscle. Oliver should have <laughs> kicked his ass right then. <laughs> That's so rude. <laughs> He's heard it all before. <laughs> But in exactly the fashion you described, uh, Shibukawa puts down Oliver and suggests, um, you know, taking him into custody because, as per his story, he had assaulted uh, an officer of the law. A very feisty policewoman, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. and, and, and so they do that. Um, and then when I was rewatching the episode to take notes, I forgot this happened because we get a very quick, like, 30 second scene where we see Doyle taking the subway in what has to be <laughs> the most extravagant way I've ever seen someone save $3. <laughs> so, so Doyle, I they, they never really explain where these guys live until they have to. So, like, we know Dorian had his underground lair. We know Sikorsky had his very weird above-ground lair. Um, it, it, it appears that Doyle lives in, like, caves underneath the subway and to get around he waits for the subway to come by and then grabs onto it with his hand almost like how spider-man would do it um so he flies along on the outside of the subway on one hand um and just just for reference he doesn't hide himself everybody in the subway can see him do this and goes whoa yeah that's uh (laughs) <laughs> that, that was quite the scene initially I'll be honest with you I thought that uh, this was going to be it for Doyle you know he sees the uh, the train coming oh like it, he's uh, like I've tasted like, defeat this is this yeah is... <laughs> for a split second I thought that but then I thought to myself okay like, realistically you haven't seen much of this character he's got at least one more episode in him and uh, the next thing I know he's uh, spider-manning onto the train <laughs> well that's that's a super logical assumption and I'm gonna I'm gonna get into this a lot so I won't get into it now but Sikorsky and Doyle have been defeated like we, we watched it they both lost but mm-hmm. they have very personal very stupid definitions of defeat so they're gonna <laughs> they're, they're both gonna be around and defeated many more times before we finally get rid of them um, oh good fun yeah anyway um so the last scene of the episode shibukawa is bringing uh, oliver through the uh police building when they eventually see the judo room where all of the police officers practice judo stop i'm going okay come on please i'm cooperating you don't have to be so rough this is some police brutality bullshit Oliver says one of my favorite lines. Uh, judo. Ever practiced judo, Mr. Oliver? Nah, never tried it myself. But if I did, I'm pretty sure I'd snag a gold medal within a day or two of learning how to do it. Um, mm-hmm. Which is completely true. Uh, gold medalists in this universe exist only to die to martial artists. But <laughs> uh, they, he eventually decides to try out some judo. How does it go? How, how does it? How does Oliver do at judo? Is is he a good fit for the uh, sport? 
Well, I can tell you what he's not a good fit for, Steve, and that is the gi that he gave them. Uh, he is given the largest sized uh, uniform, uh, gi being the, you know, the uniform uh, in judo, and he has to rip off the sleeves uh, so that he has you know more room to breathe or more room to work with. You've got to be kidding me. This thing is way too small, Sonoda. And, uh, you know, this, this this gets some stares from uh, from the fighters in, in, in the gym, but immediately steps up the plate to fight this other guy who, you know, he's buff in his own right. Don't get me wrong. Like, these fighters are really, like, they've, they've definitely got some muscle on them. It's a bunch, of, guy, a bunch of muscular men in this gym. Like, even by Baki standards, like, these guys are pretty jacked. You could almost say they're packing tremendous muscular power. <laughs> that is the, the title of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, but, you know, he's still shorter than Oliver, right? I'd say, at least as far as I remember, he's yeah. still a little shorter. He's purely thinking that he will win based on his mastery of judo, which is made very clear to Oliver that it's more than just uh, physical strength. It is a mindset. It's being able to use your wits uh, and, you know, basically, I don't want to say outplay, uh, but really outmaneuver, outmatch your opponent. Outwit, outlast. Out yeah, it's it's survivor in a martial art. Yeah. So Oliver takes this. I'm assuming he's like, all right, whatever. And so they they they, they gear up. And by gear up, I mean, and I, I don't know the, 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 the starting positions um, or what it's called, but uh, the fighter puts his hands on the collar of, Oliver's gi uh, and says, all right, this is how we're going to start. Oliver, instinctively, does the same to the other guy. He's like, wait, 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 wait. That's not how we do things here. Then slowly, through pure physical strength, he pushes this fighter, who, who puts up a decent fight, I'll be honest. Like, he, he stays up, but he pushes him right to the ground. All the while, like, contorting his face like his eyes are bulging out you can tell this fighter is putting up uh you know quite a lot of effort to just stay upright and so he smashes this guy to the ground everyone's in shock they're like is that even a judo move but i guess it counts as a victory because uh the fight is is over it, it, it feels like one of those, like, I feel like there's all those, like, viral videos, you know, where it's, like, put one arm behind your back and try to lift a chair, and then, like, you can't do it because your body's just not built that way. Um, and I feel like it was supposed to be putting Oliver in that situation, and he just does it yeah. because he is just stronger than the other guy. I also think that this episode has very contradictory messages, um, where in the previous scene... Uh, we see that technique is able to beat raw strength. And then in this scene, we learn that no, raw strength is able to beat technique. So there's definitely an uh, indecisiveness in the themes here. On the topic, though, of raw strength, I said this in the last episode that hasn't aired yet, that I'm going to stop saying that we meet the biggest guy we've ever met on the show. But <laughs> we do it again this week with a guy who must be nine feet tall. and Easily probably eight feet wide um i think his name was Tawaria, and I, I wrote down that he's probably bigger than his police horse Tawaria, the behemoth of the metropolitan police department oh yeah 100 percent. he's uh the behemoth of the metropolitan police department the guy eats you know 
12 eggs every morning raw then the hen that laid them yeah uh like this guy is an absolute monstrosity and you know he stands up to oliver and you think okay now there's going to be like a good showdown to end the episode or they're going to cut it right here and then you know leave it to start off the next episode and uh i don't know steve do you want me to describe what happens or uh, should, sure. should i leave yeah, it to yeah. you so in very much the same fashion, um, after, you know, seeing this guy come up to him, Oliver takes his hands, grabs him by the gi, and then starts spinning him around him like a merry-go-round. Just picks him right off the floor and like a helicopter just goes around and around and around and around. It's literally uh, how Mario would defeat Bowser. <laughs> just throwing him around in a, in a continuous circle. Oh yeah, he, his inspiration is definitely Mario, and you know, in doing this, he shouts out to uh, Sonata, and I believe he says, you know, hey Sonata. Sonata, if I defeat every one of these guys, you damn well better give me a black belt. Uh, which I, I think is is you know, it, it's pretty funny because. You know, we, we, we skipped over this, but earlier when he alludes to something similar, when when you said, yeah, you, you know, I'm sure I could pick up judo pretty quickly. I'm sure I could rank up five times in a single day. And Sonata tells him, listen, Oliver, you can't earn five ranks in one day. Sorry, but it's not possible. But why? I'll give it my best shot and work as hard as I can. Give me a chance. You know, uh, that's that's impossible. It's about, uh, you know, it's just simply not possible. It can't be done. <laughs> the the look of pure anguish on that, Oliver's that, face. That that line that he had was my favorite of the season, just from his face. And, like, he literally just goes, <laughs> but why? I'll give it my best <laughs> shot. Give me a chance. Give me a chance. <laughs> and, like, to be honest, like, the, and then they explain, like, judo just sounds like, like, the lamest martial arts. Like, it, it, they showed a bunch of clips of people writing tests and stuff, and, like, they were just, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I respect Oliver. I think if you can throw a really big guy around, then you are a judo black belt. And th the <laughs> written component should not matter that much. I, I mean, you know, if, if we're all tried the same way, if we're all tested the same way, you know, we're bound to be labeled as, as failures in one aspect. But if you look at someone in isolation, like, you can't deny Oliver's just, you know, unmatched physical presence and his unmatched capabilities. Like, his fight against um, Tawayira, or the basically the now biggest man in the show, uh, <laughs> is that, you know, it doesn't matter how much muscle you have. It, it's how you can use it. And while up to this point or at least close to this point, Oliver, I think, was the biggest guy in the show. He shows that he doesn't just rely on his muscle. He does have something working for him uh, to be able to accomplish these things that, you know, if you just put brawn against brawn, I mean, at least at the outset, you would think that Tawaryar has got this. He's got the size, he's got the mass, but at the same time, Oliver's just able to pick him up and toss him around like he's nothing. Yep. Maybe he should have read. Uh, maybe he should have studied more of his judo. <laughs> anyway, um, I don't know if we. I don't know if we touched on, but that's how the episode ends. It ends 
in the middle of him spinning him around like he spins him around in a loop and it sort of fades into the credits um, <laughs> yeah which suck I, ha- I hate the ending credits for this season um it's i was a little surprised like i got so pumped up with your intros and outros from season one or rather season one part one up to episode 13 and when i heard the intro song as well as the outro song the end credits song i'm like this is not what i know this well is... you know what you know what's funny the podcast actually uses um stuff it, it the intro to the podcast is the ending credits of the season one and oh. the um outro oh no the outro is the ending credits and the intro is actually for season three so we haven't even got to that yet um uh, okay yeah but i didn't use any yeah, from was... this season because the music is not great <laughs> yeah I, I'd, I'd certainly uh, advise against that um it's uh you know the end the outro is uh so catchy that i ended up I don't know, putting my own fake Japanese words to it. Uh, I, I won't repeat them here, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely memorable, <laughs> uh, the, the tune. So uh, seeing that kind of go away is, is a little disappointing. Um, and, you know, like I said, not having actually watched this show, you know, the intro actually has, uh, I don't want to say a 3D rendering of Baki, but a very nicely animated a sequence of Baki just doing kata or, or shadow boxing. And I thought to myself, this is pretty cool. Like if the rest of the show is like this, uh, quality is not bad. I'm interested to see what the, the, the fights and the, the injuries are going to be like. Nope. It's just for the intro. And, uh, you know, we cut to a traditional anime style. Yep. All right. Um, so Ryan, you have watched, an episode of Baki and you've listened to a season of Baki Taki, the number one Baki podcast and number four anime podcast in Croatia. Um, <laughs> what do you think uh, now that you've done that? Do you think that Baki is a good show? In a word, Steve, no. And I want you to know that I actually thought about this a lot. So while my one word answer is no, I can't say that I didn't enjoy it. Um, one reason is because uh, I was doing it for this. This has been a, a great experience. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, but another thing that makes me you know, want to enjoy it is actually a comment made by Naomi uh, two episodes ago. Uh, she said that you know the creators knew what they were doing. They know what the show is about and they try to focus on just that. And in that sense, the show is uh, a ride. It, it is a ride, it, it, it's well done. Uh, so if you believe that the author and the animators know what this show's about, aren't trying to make it something that it isn't, then it does a decent job. However, if the author and the animators are trying to make this a very serious anime with uh, top-notch writing, uh, I'd say they'd fall flat. Yeah, that's fair. Man, I have no idea what the people who made this anime think. I, 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 I've been trying to think of a, a, a moment where I could bring this up, but I found out that there is a Netflix documentary called Inside Anime, where they uh, they talk to a bunch of people who make animes. Um, and Baki, of course, being a Netflix anime, they interview the director of Baki. And it was the weirdest interview I've ever seen. They ask him like a question about who would you rather fight, and the guy just goes oh none of them like implying that like he doesn't I, it, my read on it was that he doesn't remember any of the characters in the show um and then the inner the interviewer just asks what was it like w- drawing hanayama 
like out of the blue. <laughs> like, I don't I don't know why they brought up Hanayama. And then they asked him what his favorite quote was, and he said, "I don't give a fuck." I don't even know who says that line. Was was that a big line in this season? I don't know. It, Sorry, I had to pop in because I'm still thinking about this. <laughs> anyway, that's that's a weird tangent, but I, I don't understand um, the people who made this adaptation. But uh, I, that's that's a topic for another day. All for right, sure. I have a question for you, Steve. Sorry. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. Well, maybe it's not fair for me to ask you if you think it's a good show, but uh, I was hoping. Yes possibly do the outro for this episode could i do the outro is that what you're saying or could you do the outro <laughs> if i could do the outro sure but feel free to go for it all right everyone that uh brings us to the end of uh this episode of baki talkie uh if you're new to the podcast be sure to like it give a review get comments going uh we want the algorithm to work in such a way that we end up in the number <laughs> what was it the number three spot in uh korea no, Croatia. My bad. We, yeah. Next week. <laughs> and we get back into the top five anime podcasts in all of Canada. But outside of that, that is all the Baki. We've got a talkie. Thanks for joining us. See you next week. <laughs>